0: to a 9 to 5.cc podcast. Welcome everyone to 9ES 235. Can you believe it? If you're a fan of the show, we strongly, strongly encourage you to head over to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe at the 90s Deluxe level where you'll get access to a bunch of perks, including 90S Garbage Time. On this week's Garbage Time, we run through the entirety of the Rolling Stone top 100 sitcoms of all time. If you don't want to do that, please just, you know, tell your friends about the show. Uh, word of mouth is the best way to i guess tell people about podcasts my word of mouth i mean word of keyboard share it tell your friends about it say hey i know these dudes who do this podcast and it's kind of fun because it is kind of fun and we love having new listeners on this week's episode we talk a bunch about rambo seriously the first half of the show is basically exclusively about rambo we follow it up with talking about dinosaur games the rock and roll hall of fame and batman forever sit back relax enjoy the show My favorite character in Hackers was Chris Overroyd. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> what's happening, everybody? Podcast time. World's a fucking mess. We should Anybody? talk about
1: happy things. Like okay, not
0: I, I, stuff. I really thought you were going to say we we should talk about Israel, and I was like, no, no, nope.
1: nope. <laughs> we're not talking about that. So many people are. <laughs> And I'm all like no they, they obviously didn't learn from the last however many
0: years that they've been alive. shouldn't be shouldn't be getting involved. Yes I, well, I think a lot of people should be getting involved. I feel that of all the things to armchair politic, this is not one of them though. like yeah. this is is messy. There people nope, should be you're doing, doing their work you're getting involved. No 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 Do no it. no I'm just saying I understand the call to like other governments to get involved, but this is not like, feed people and whatever like this is this is mom and mom's on facebook this is a tricky one this isn't one of the safe like here's the right side to this equation nope steer clear so Uh,
2: so instead uh i want to say that john totally watched
1: the rambo stuff out of order what yeah 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 you did no the order the order is first blood Mm -hmm. first blood part two Rambo. incorrect yeah
0: no. You, skipped over, you skipped over the cartoon. Okay,
1: I did not watch the cartoon. Which you should, I, have watched Rambo, you you should have watched- I watched Rambo 3, and then I gave up halfway through Rambo 4, which was called Just Rambo.
2: Which you should have watched the entire cartoon immediately after First Blood. Because you'd be like, wow, that was a weird, dark movie. And now the Saturday morning cartoon version of that.
1: Speaking- yeah, how did they go from... from First Blood to a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, it they just made a G.I. All. Joe. Like, the cartoon came after First Blood Part 2. Okay, that's how. Because First Blood Part was, 2 was like... So, somebody was like, okay, so we have this this many-layered story. Let's lean into the part where he just kills people for no fucking reason. <laughs> and then yep. they do that. And then there was like one line at the end. He's like, oh, and no, I feel sad about things. <clears throat> and that's it.
0: Like Appar- go- Apparently in one of the in one of the later ones potentially the fifth one maybe yeah. last blood or whatever like yeah, he's blood. on he's on meds like apparently for like vague ptsd reasons and there's like a hero moment where he like throws them away and everyone's like what <laughs> he's like don't need these anymore and just like Shoots them away, and you're like, "Oh no, what's the message
1: here?" The, the takeaway that I have from this series is that it's it's a it's a very specific, childish, juvenile fantasy.
0: So I I took to social media today and and had more response than I possibly wanted because I've never seen any of the Rambo start to finish.
1: Oh, ever. well, You're fucking like... not missing out, buddy. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> and that's all, all was... of those series from the '80s. It's it's the, probably the worst. Well that and that was kind of my point. Like so I just I went to social media today and was like, Does anyone have strong opinions about Rambo? Like I was like because even people who are like they're pretty good, I was like, that's the most glowing recommendation. And I'm like, and most of the mega franchises, one of them is amazing. And then that's what spawns it, right? Like horror stuff, like you have your your original uh nightmare on Elm Street was like extremely good for like weird out there horror. Jaws. Yeah, Jaws three is a turd, but like Jaws one is a Fantastic film. Rocky mm-hmm. is an amazing film. Like all these weird '80s franchises, the kickoff point was fantastic. Keith, Rambo, like the kickoff point, was like even fans of the series are like pretty good.
2: <laughs> like, I don't know, like the... Keith. You name you you named three movies and two of them started in the mid
0: '70s. <laughs> Whatever, but they're <laughs> '80s franchises. Jaws they're like
2: and Rocky. You know these '80s movies. It's like ooh, the only 80s, '80s franchises, too, wasn't it? Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, the thing is, like, it's really hard to say the thing that makes Rambo good because the action is so preposterous and childish. And and it's not like Stallone's performance is fucking great. He's he's like, you know, it's he's also,
0: getting- It's also weird, I'm sorry, that he was more involved in the second one than the first one, right? Because I was like, which is the reverse of Rocky, right? Where, like, right. Rocky was his baby. And then everyone's like, oh, like Stallone is also not just this like action douche. He he can write and perform and whatever else. And like, there's like a pretty good performance. And then like number two was the one that he was more involved in, like in terms of character work and writing the story and whatever. And that's where, that's where like, if I'm not mistaken, having read the articles and having read a bunch of people's comments, Rambo one is kind of a, a cool PTSD mixed with action thing, like where he's like a little misunderstood, whatever. Number two is like, yeah no you tie the red man down and you kill everybody and then number 3 is like crank that up to I guess, uh, whoever the president was at the time, the, the George Bush. to Bush part <laughs> of, that up to of Bush.
1: cranking in number three is that it happens in Afghanistan and the villains are the Russians. The, yeah. He's teamed up with the, Af- the local Afghanistans and there's like a number of parts where he's like, oh, everybody knows you don't go mess with the noble Afghanis. They never say die. They never let anything, whatever. They can't be defeated. America! it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like number. Yeah, exactly. Number three is like full propaganda machine.
1: Yeah. But, but sideways arm the Afghani militia. That's, that's to fight good against to the do. evil invading Russians. The, the great Correct. part of the first one, there, there's, there's a lot of character stuff. He has, he has PTSD flashbacks in the middle of it. He like, the the climax of the film after like the the setup is that he's in in the pacific northwest he's trying to visit one of his army buddies like the last guy who's left alive who isn't him from his platoon or whatever mm-hmm. they uh he gets there and he finds out that his his friend died from cancer that he got from agent orange and then he's like hanging out in the town and doesn't really know what to do with himself and the local police just like start fucking with him because he's wearing he has long hippie hair and and they try and run him out of town and he just like resists to the point where they drag him off to the, to the cop shop. And then while they're there booking him, he gets all these PTSD flashbacks and then goes into like Rambo mode and escapes. And he, the only person he kills in that movie, he kills by accident. It's like a thing that he never kills anybody because these guys are all on his side and he doesn't really want to hurt them. And it's the evil twisted local police who push him over the edge to the point where he's blowing all kinds of shit up. Like it's, and then the climax of the movie his colonel, who deployed him on all these missions, comes into town, choppers in, and fucking Rambo cries for, like, 10 minutes talking about the shit that he saw in Vietnam. And, and then he's like, okay, I, I, sh- I should go to jail now. I, I really caused damage to this city. And, like, that's the end of the movie. You, you, It has heart. And what's weird is the action is kind of, like, macho, over-the-top goofiness. And there's, like, a weird synchronicity disparity between the two that all, like makes it fun to see them in juxtaposition with each other. But yeah. then you take that and you're like, I'm just going to lean into the, the action violence, juvenile nonsense. And then that's the whole second movie.
0: It's- yeah. But I read an article. Um, I want to say might've been even Esquire or whatever, talking about Rambo. And they were just sort of like exact that thing that they get progressively like sillier and sillier, like to the point where it was like really, really not uncommon in the eighties to have um, like Rambo posters up in army recruitment offices right. and stuff, and like and and to which some like military brass was really, really opposed to that because they were like Rambo is a ex con who breaks the law all over the place. Like this is you don't want this soldier. <laughs> like, Show me. I I, I got my little conspiracy nugget
1: twitching after seeing Mm -hmm. that, right? Because you see the first one, which is really an anti-military film.
0: Well, and And, and like, yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, it's... All about the mistreatment of veterans in general, right? Like, yeah, very much so. Yeah.
1: That comes up many times. And but there there is a little still a little undercurrent of like this guy is the best. We trained him. He's a super soldier. And then that all that that stuff becomes forefront in the second and third one. So I really thought that maybe the Pentagon had gotten involved and had decided that we need to like change the image of this Rambo character because we can't have a popular film where the hero is anti war. So mm-hmm. I found, and I, I recalled from years ago, that somebody had actually gotten the list of films that the Pentagon subsidized in mm-hmm. a Freedom of Information Act release, oh. film that's on that list, "Birth of a Nation." Mm-hmm. Yeah. film that's not on that list, any of the
0: Rambos. Ooh, crazy.
1: Yeah, so this was like actually Stallone and, whoever else
0: wanted to do it, doing it.: I straight. wonder if it was just like Stallone just thinks the army is the
1: coolest. Because no,
0: again, like it's it's he he gets in at the second one, you know. <laughs> like yeah. That's, now, to that's be fair, the, 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 the army part. is or maybe not army. maybe not army. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah no, the, not army. the army
1: sends him to die in the second one, and then yeah, he, soldiers he, like,
0: are the coolest. Yeah. Actually, soldiers. I guess should be the. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> this was Stallone looking around at all media,
2: saying like Hulk Hogan and GI Joe, raking in millions and millions of dollars. Going, I I could do that. Mm-hmm. So it's totally te- what it is.
0: It's tele- television's uh, Mike Patterson <laughs> says that Brian Dennehy is a revelation. It's also just a great way to make make a movie. You walk into the woods. The bad guys chase you. You come back. Kill the bad guys. You film each location twice. One walking very cool. One while you're fighting. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. <laughs> so was, there's almost like a drinking game worth of activity to do in
1: this film, which is when you spot a shot where they had to do something funny so that Sylvester Stallone doesn't look like he's five feet tall next to all the other actors. (laughs) So there's a lot of shots where, like, you see his boots and you see the guy behind him. He's, like, at the level of the guy's shins. (laughs) (laughs) Or you see him walking along something, like, on top of a a bunch of logs, you know, and the other guys are all running around on the bottom and their heads are all the same height. It's fucking great. Every movie they have to do some other, other, like, camera gimmicks to hide it.
0: The other One of the other quotes here, so David Morrell, who created the character and wrote the first one, mm-hmm. talked, said of the fifth one, I felt I was less a human being for having seen it.
1: I didn't make it there. I, I'm yeah, going but to, like, but I didn't. Can
0: you imagine, like, this is the guy who created the character and, like, and wrote the first film, and now watching a movie in the series that you birthed. I feel like I was less of a human for seeing it. I was like, that's pretty damning of where the series ended up from where the like creator of the character intended. That's, right. That like, is
1: t- totally a reasonable thing to say. Even at the start of the fourth one, he's like a gigantic walking cluster of parodies of himself. You know, mm-hmm. like everything ridiculous you think the character is going to do. He does. It's just.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That one of the other asked,
0: other comments sure. though. was that? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Scott? Finish yours. No, I was just gonna say the one of the other one of the other uh, my buddy Guillaume was talking about though that it was also at least by, by like two and three was like a meme before the internet. they were like like you, mm-hmm. you you tie a red bandana around your head and you're a badass now,
1: like. Yeah, you grease your skin up, and you shoot an arrow. There's all these great ones where he's, like, he's holding his bow and arrow, and there's, like, a shot of him greased up, and he pulls the arrow back, and he shoots the arrow, and then it cuts to, like, something obviously that he's nowhere near, and then it just fucking explodes. Michael Bay stop And he goes, pulls his arrow, and then the fucking tank explodes with these giant, giant explosions. It's preposterous. The scene in UHF so perfectly encapsulates the nonsense of it.
0: But yeah, yeah, no, the, the, but the red bandana thing, like again, having never seen it start to finish, it's, it's just completely memed all over the place and whatever. So I think that's where it, again, I just, I don't understand how that movie over the like missing in actions and all the Chuck Norris shit where everyone's like, like it wasn't even first when I looked it up, like it wasn't even Mm -hmm. the first like single guy army kicks ass. Like it just some lightning in a bottle moment happened, I guess, I guess, Probably because a lot like Rocky, the first one was a little bit better than those ones. Than those it like did typical. have a
1: little heart. You could you could yeah. sell that one as being a movie with a little bit of an
0: intellectual core, and
1: also mm-hmm. having like gratuitous com- comedic violence aggression. And the other thing is that his like when he goes into the woods by himself to defend against the like fifty cops that are coming to get him, he uses mm-hmm. a little bit of cunning. You know, he makes traps. He retreats back here. He fakes people out. He blah blah blah. He you know he puts up dummies. In the second and the third one, it's just shit blowing up. For some reason he has a bow that he can strap grenades to that fucking explode everything.
0: That's how bow it's and just, arrows work. It's a,
1: it's a bit of it's a bit of a jump.
2: All right. Keith, first of all, how dare you? Rocky is a masterpiece of American cinema. Saying it's a little bit better is is just ignorance. How <laughs> dare you, sir? I apologize to Rocky. Two. Uh, can you think A point of conversation is there another Mm -hmm. franchise that deviates so far off model as rambo because one to two and then into the rest of it is just almost batshit crazy
0: like i mean even in a weird weird way uh fast and the furious Those movies were about stealing cars, and now they're about saving the planet and like exploding everything. Yeah, like, it's not as dramatic those... the jump though. It's one it, movie,
2: it doesn't really shift genres the same
0: way that first part does. But like the, the stake, the stakes in action definitely change. I'm trying to. I mean, like shifting genres. Like the the obvious genre flip is Aliens, where it's it's horror to action movie. Like that is the
1: problem is that the second Aliens is good.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 exactly. It, it doesn't, it doesn't moment, shift. You know. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't shift genres into trash.
2: And I don't know. I think, I think that both the aliens and Ripley stay pretty close to them, their characters.
0: They're the characters, true. true. Also, yeah, you have to say like, where's yeah. where's the character character flip? Hmm. I'd have to really think about this. Like, where yeah.
1: it's not, a, it's not going to be any of the obvious ones. I almost want to say something like Star Trek, where the first one was just way more intellectual and slow paced, and the other ones became kind of big episodes. But they're still. Star Trek, and it's like the first one that is the exception, as opposed to. Yeah, that's a pretty yeah. wacky franchise. If you came into Star Trek 2 thinking, "Man, I want more of that Star Trek the Motion Picture." Yeah, it's from <laughs> two thousand and one to a big episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd I really have to have to think about it. I'm
2: trying to think of like a horror movie that might might do it. I'm like like something that went from from scary to to comedy
1: really fast you guys said the mighty ducks franchise got pretty horrible after the first one yeah but that's by staying with the genre too long
0: (laughs) right i mean there's there's a a very large jump between evil dead 2 to army of darkness Hmm. that's that's like a hell of a left turn like if you tune if you tune into evil dead 2 like army of darkness hoping for evil dead 3 it is not it's, right, like it's been a while. Character... Isn't
1: number two a remake of number one, more or less? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> one and two are basically the same movie again and okay. again. So, well, because <laughs> they was just college called...
1: picture, right? Like he made it. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Cool. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's it. Like that's a pretty big jump, and it, and and it's not even that consistent. Like it just Ash goes from being like a little bit of comedy, like a little bit of badass, to one hundred percent comedy. Right? Like there's he doesn't have any like remorse, like about, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I was just sort of like, especially if you think about the timeline, like Ash's girlfriend just died like a day earlier. And then he's like, I'm here to bone fantasy babes. (laughs) Like that week, basically in Army of Darkness.
1: To be fair, if you suddenly woke up and you were back in time with a chainsaw hand, with no expectation (laughs) of getting back to your, your normal time, I think probably boning fantasy chicks would be high on your list too. Fair enough.
0: Um... The other thing I wanted to ask, since you just watched all Rambo, um, is it a perfect bit of casting that Sylvester Stallone is King Shark in the Suicide Squad movie? I actually don't know the first thing about Suicide Squad, so I uh, Uh, I don't know that I could say. (laughs) Thoughts? It's pretty great. I
2: think think Just, just the idea of having a mumbled mouth Stallone play a man with a shark face <laughs> exactly <laughs> this is good i'm for that
0: yeah it's such, it's gonna be such a departure from like mild-mannered uh king shark from uh the harley quinn cartoon because like, <laughs> it's like it's ron funches who voices king shark in the harley quinn cartoon and it's also really? great because really? yeah it's so great he's also like just like a computer guy where he's just like oh let me reset your password <laughs> like, it's great, Wait. and it's like he doesn't even like, but occasionally still goes like King Shark, and he was just sort of like, I ate a man today. <laughs>
2: like, you know, Keith, that's the most glowing review to get me to watch that cartoon
0: that you said. <laughs> like, Ron man. Funches, yeah. is, Ron, Ron Funches is mild-mannered King Shark. He is one of my favorite
2: personalities oh, out in, so in media right
0: now. And and has, I have a, a, a personal memory of him that is, is just the best. I'm sure I've said it on the show before, but it was great. Where he got in a little van so that they could drive him literally from Newspeak back to the Hyatt, which is three blocks. And we were like hanging out with him the night before. And like, we're just talking with him, whatever. We're like, Ron, it's like three blocks you can walk. And he just like rolls down the window, like to me and Walter. And he's like, fuck you. And just drives away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I was like, oh, my God, that's the best. Just hearing happy Ron Punches yell, fuck you, as he drives slowly away. Like, he couldn't even drive very fast because it's, like, in one of those tiny little, like, people mover vans Mm -hmm. through the area that is otherwise pedestrians. Like, it's not even the road. Just, like, we're almost walking at the same speed along as he slowly (laughs) drives away in this van. It was good times. Mm-hmm. do you want to rank any of the rambos do you think it's not worth it do you think no it's, i it's, think we it's should i think worth putting right. the first one the second one i don't know how many of them you said you didn't even make it through three though no no you no. i watched
1: i watched all of three and then i i got halfway through the fourth one and i was a fucking Some people had rambo
0: m- for two days a couple people on the the social media situation said that four was pretty good uh, in a in a uh like in a vacuum like well,
1: I think it, it also was like it, it it kinda leaned a little onto the fun of the nonsense of it all rather than trying to be like gritty about it. I thought I thought Rambo, the character, was so preposterous at that point.
0: I, I didn't really Like is it would four potentially be like I want to finish?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 Oh, there's actually a point where I think it's in the second one where he's like, Oh, I'm 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 not a soldier, I'm expendable. And then and then the like looks at the camera and winks. No, but no, that was that that was like a for real line in the second yeah. one, and I think that's where they took the name from of the Expendables franchise. Probably, it kind of it kind of makes sense. And then the Asian lady, who he's he's because there's like a love interest in the second one, she's like, you know, Expendable. <laughs> the fucking, they, they like everything you imagine about like the stereotypical Southeast Asian accented lady from, I don't know, what was it, um, Full Metal Jacket, I think, where they have, like, yeah. she she talks with that accent, and I don't know if she was hamming it up, or if that was her on purpose, I really hope she was hamming it up, because the dialogue they put in that woman's mouth was pretty sad. The writing was so awful, in all of them, the writing was so bad. The first one, the least of all, but man, the, just, like, exaggerated stereotype, Rambo trying to sound badass while being five feet tall, and, and just, ugh. Oh, go ahead, oh, boy. Okay, so anyway, the first one I would say is the best. Uh, yeah, but it's not outstanding. It's either. not good. As we it's still not, not, not great. Yeah, it's still <laughs> not great. You could, you could say the, one of the other ones is better if you're approaching it from like, I want to have fun with a, like a stupid shit blowing up all the time kind of movie. And in that respect, I could, I could understand why people
0: wouldn't pick the first one. But I think they, they got to be all below Top Gun.
1: Yes. Um, yes. So let's start with that as the absolute height and say that's number 75. We're not getting anywhere near that. I don't think we sniffed the top 100. No. I Like, I would still go back and rewatch, like, The
0: Bad Batch or... Hey, it's got to be below Triple X. The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> he went downhill skiing in a jungle. Like, I feel like the action nip will never get there. Well, right?
1: it's above like, Ghostbusters 2016.
2: Okay, but that one's a weird outlier in the list. Don't don't use that as a signpost.
1: Yeah, I would still watch it before Crush Groove or... At, at
2: 121, we've got the Karate Kid. I think that's a weird comparison that's hard to... I've, I,
1: I don't know. I haven't seen the Karate Kid in a long-ass time, but I would still put it above Rambo. Probably not too far, though.
2: All right, a little bit further down, we've got the last action hero. The other oh. side mm. of action movies.
0: Mm. Kickboxer Vengeance.
2: The first one's better than Kickboxer Vengeance.
0: Yeah, I think we're in. The, I think we're in the zone, y'all.
1: We are in the zone. Bird Box. Oh, let's go up above. That was, that was fucking not great. Is it better than Bird Box? Yeah, I like Bird Box. Well, okay. Well, then we're getting about to the right place because I feel like Dark Crystal, strangely enough, it's like. It's like got really good pies and it's also got some not quite working parts.
2: It's better than King Arthur Legend of the Sword.
1: All right, well there we go. Dark Crystal on top, King Arthur Legend of the Sword underneath. Ram Actually, First Blood. First Blood. First Blood,
0: first blood yes. First Blood above King Arthur. You want to you want to do this for 2 also? First Blood
1: part 2? All right. That one we're gonna actually go a little down from there, boy, because it's not—it's not quite fun enough to be insanely over the top. It's still trying to maybe be a little bit serious, but at the same time, it hasn't—you know, like it hasn't—it hasn't caught on to maybe where it could go. I mean, like warm bodies. I would put it maybe just underneath Hellboy. Hellboy is rough, but. It's more fun than this, and it also amuses me to put it above uh, the Rise of Skywalker.
0: <laughs> boy, I don't know
1: that that's fair. That the Rise of Skywalker might actually be better.
0: Hello, Hellboy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Ooh, a boy uh, and his dog, John. There's a tough comparison to make. Man, First, I book, love that two. movie. Yeah. Henry
2: a boy Henry and his Henry. dog has
1: more stuff to say. It sure does, and and it has like more laughs and more gross outs and more Yeah. I actually just rewatched that with Debbie. Fun.
0: Yeah. How does she like it? Um I think she was a little disturbed. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh so three? Wait, where do we three two? Three, three sounds like a Hang I one. thought two we said was uh, below Hellboy. Yeah it is below Hellboy but we didn't say oh. how far below Hellboy. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, it's I, I can't imagine it going, like, below Paranormal Activity, the Ghost Dimensions. <laughs> really? <laughs> ghost Dimensions is very bad. Like, if there's any kind of, like, fun, <laughs> like, which I mean, like, ex- I, I, I feel it might be comparable. Like, the fun of Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimensions is that occasionally there's, like, fun little weird jump scares that are a little unpredictable and stuff, which seems like kind of shitty. Okay. Action is the zone. Mm -hmm. Like, and that would put it right below a boy and his dog.
1: I I would definitely watch Dune before I would watch the second Rambo again. Man, that's, that's a one, two punch for a
2: terrible night.
0: (laughs) Well, then, if you're going to say that, I could see I could see it going below No Holds Barred, because at least No Holds Barred Harcogen threw a dude off of a cliff into an electricity explosion. Mm. John, which one's
2: worse to sit down and watch? Dune, then First Blood Part 2? Or First Blood Part 2 and then Dune? Like, what makes for a worse night?
1: No, I, I would prefer to watch Dune 2nd, because I could survive getting through Rambo knowing I would have ridiculous Dune to get through. For two and a half hours after having watched a movie already. Oh man, there's so much Dune. <laughs> we're getting into tough territory here, and I, I feel like we're going to split hairs. But I would, yeah, no. I would still put Dune above it.
2: Yep, no, right under Dune, right above the yep. old
1: part.
0: Yep, right under Dune. And three dropping, dropping down even further here, dropping down even further. Oh man, it's not going
1: below the mummy though. <laughs>
0: Cool. <laughs> right above the mummy. Right above the mummy. Below descendants. It's yeah, that's fine.
1: And would I put Justice League above it? I probably would. So that that's actually okay.
0: And then yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's a lot a lot of hot garbage down there. Yeah. Okay. Above the mummy. Yeah, I'm so close to Mac and me. <laughs>
1: looking good, <laughs> looking good, Sly.
0: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> I like that Mac and Me is still above Dark Phoenix. <laughs>
1: That's perfect. Hey, hey, on the list from the Pentagon, Mac
0: and Me. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> Just- I, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the what do you call it, there might be like good guy military in that situation where they, mm-hmm. they help them get home and shit at the end.
1: Think like the ET type of, type of scenario at the end where the military has to call in. I, I think there's a Mac and Me moment like that.
0: Yeah, but it's a good one. Yeah. If, They're not the bad guys like they right. are in E.T. If,
1: if uh, anyone has any questions of our validity as as film
2: critics, 184, 185, 186, Pink Flamingos over Mac and Me, over Dark Phoenix, I think. <laughs> Mic drop right there. We know what we're we doing. Did
0: <laughs> uh, but, um, the Army of Darkness mention made me think of the what is it Army of Dead or whatever the Netflix situation the like Zack Snyder thing whatever, anyway, don't really know. There's a a new property coming out called Army of Dead, and I haven't seen the match. But last night in Podcast Land on WrestleMania Backlash, which is the official name of the new of the pay per view Backlash, they actually just call it WrestleMania Backlash now. Uh, there was a scheduled match between uh why am i blanking on his name two wrestlers doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, and it was scheduled to be a lumberjack match if you're not familiar with the lumberjack match uh john that's where a bunch of wrestlers are around the outside and the idea is if you get like thrown out you get like beaten up by the wrestlers softened up and tossed back in usually the good guy wrestlers go on one side and the bad guy wrestlers go on another side so there's sort of like a zone that if you get thrown into and you're a good guy they might like help you out and, like pump you up a little bit so you can do it and help you back in. But if they throw you to the wrong side, you get thing. It's just like, it's just a little way to get more guys on television and like add a little, add a little drama. I understand anyway, that I've
1: never been the most rugged guy, but is that how lumberjacks operate? I, well, think I think it, so. It's a po- think of it like a, a bare knuckle fight where there's a circle
2: of dudes that make sure you can't run away until the fight's over.
0: Okay, but so like, but like, some of them are your yeah. and like, and some of them are your buddies, and some of them are the other guy's buddies. Okay. Right. So if you get like, if you get like shoved into like, say you're in a bear. No, no, fight, no I get it. Sh- we'll help you out, but if you I just don't understand
1: your... the connection to lumberjacking.
0: Because lumberjacks are just always fighting and uh, you know chopping okay. down trees and fighting and drinking. Anyway, so the reveal at an actual pay per view. <laughs> they were like, "Well, where's the lumberjacks or whatever?" And with a tie into Army of the Dead, the lumberjacks are zombies
1: are they zombie zombified (laughs) at a wrestling event or it's
0: just zombies they're just zombies they're not they're not zombies of former wrestlers they're just they're they're people no one has seen but now they're zombies so the match is the two guys fighting each other and fighting off zombies (laughs) apparently it's dog shit
2: keith can you think (laughs) of the most inappropriate current wrestler who could show up as a zombie
0: Oh, New Jack. 100% New Jack.
2: Well, no, he just passed. He's no longer. A yeah, current exactly, wrestler.
0: but he would he would Twist. really murder you. Yeah,
2: he is not a current wrestler. I want oh, I'm saying, they take a wrestler who is a wrestler and make them a zombie. who's who's the worst person to show
1: up? Isn't there the Swamp Wizard? He could be a zombie Swamp Wizard. Yeah, so no. we're
0: saying a person who is not dead, yes. like a current person who is not dead gets zombified and shows As up the I mean Undertaker
2: yeah, no, that's pretty normal. I would, I'd be fine with that.
0: You're um, like that makes sense. I'm
2: gonna go. I'm gonna go with Black Machismo. Have Have Jay lethal show up as as uh, Black Machismo zombie. I
0: think like that's the most gross. tasteless. I mean, especially since they just they they threw Macho under the bus in that documentary series a couple weeks ago. Oh really? Oh yeah, and in like in a WWE sanctioned. One two. Oh. They were like he was all pilled out. The, all of the end of WCW, and it was like uh, like couldn't get a promo together. Like, but because because he was Macho Man, it didn't show. Like they were like they were talking to <laughs> no, they were talking to uh, what do you call it, Gorgeous George? Like his so <laughs> this is great. His last his well basically his last major promo on WCW. Like if you can look this up is him talking about the next big thing. And how it's not him, but there's someone in the backyard who's like the heir apparent to Macho Man. And it's like a pretty half-decent promo. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of it, he's like, Macho Man has left the building. And then legit basically goes off TV for like six months. Kind of comes back for like a sort of storyline and appearance or two. And then WCW closes. So that was his last big thing was there was someone who was the heir apparent to Macho Man. Doesn't say anyone's name. So doesn't actually get anybody over. <laughs> and then legitimately apparently just like quits and says, I'm not showing up on television. Apparently like out of his mind on ecstasy during the promo. Nice. <laughs> and just bounces. <laughs> and just like, we're like, who is the, who is the next big thing? Nobody just, I'm leaving. Buff Bagwell who knows, like, who knows what it was, but, and, but then everyone, like, we were, like, with the revelation of the documentary, a bunch of us were going back and watching that promo, we're, like, it's not a bad promo, and we're, like, yeah, because Macho's a professional, (laughs) like, he, he, like, he has no idea what he's about to, like, go out, and he, what he's clearly what he's supposed to say, like, what the angle is, or whatever else like that, but he just, like, I'm just gonna go on a roll, and people are pretty much eating it up, but he says nothing, (laughs) rambles for, like, five or six minutes, but because he's Macho Man, who's, like, an inherently like charismatic crazy person, you you don't even notice it. It's almost like he like hypnotizes you into being like that was a fine promo, and you're like he said nothing. He didn't say the name of the guy he was talking about, and he just walked out. You know that that just makes me appreciate Gene Okerlund so
2: much more because he's sitting there with Macho Man and Hawk and Animal, and he's sitting there with Ultimate Warrior, and he's supposed to be asking them normal questions about the match next week
0: <laughs> knowing they're these... tripping balls <laughs>
2: and, and no idea what's going to come out of their mouth right yep so um, randy why don't you tell me about the upcoming match cream rises what <laughs> why do you have that
0: now the best the best is the the sid sid vicious can we do this again we're live pal <laughs> Gene Gene Okerlund's like consummate professional the guy kind of drops character says can we do it again and like just like Gene just like pulls the microphone doesn't drop character or anything he's like we're live pal and just like puts the microphone back in his face I was like meanwhile I'm like that guy is getting into trouble when the camera stops (laughs) rolling (laughs) like this is not a pre-taped promo (laughs) oh man yeah uh so another thing I wanted to talk about, uh, I think, is just prime prime podcast talk. Israel. No, wait. No. <laughs> no. We said no. Damn it. Um, it, it's throwing dinosaurs in the grass as a game. <laughs> what? Scott's, Scott's kid has played the dumbest game, which he closes his eyes holding a plastic dinosaur, spins in a circle, at some point releases the plastic dinosaur, sending it flying into the grass, and then goes to find it, and then gets real upset if he can't. <laughs> Parenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott, elaborate.
2: Well, he doesn't do it one at a time. He'll, he, he'll take four oh. and launch them all in opposite directions at different times of the spin. And then be like, now it's my time to detect where they are. I have no context clues. I lost they're, clue also, but
0: they're also all grass-colored. <laughs> this is the effect <laughs> of a year of isolation, right? I hope so. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been that isolated, though. He's been in school. Yep.
2: <laughs> it was a fun game we played the day before when mm. I was watching him to see where they went flying to avoid this exact scenario. Uh, and not when he just kind of tromped off by himself 50 feet away from the rest of us to throw his toys. <laughs> his also, I learned
0: between. that two-inch-tall dinosaur figurines are $7 because <laughs> yeah. they're Jurassic, li- Jurassic Park licensed. I, yeah. uh, par- parenting tips, Scott? Watch your kids at all times. Helicopter parents. (laughs) Helicopter parent while they helicopter dinosaurs into the grass. Yeah, I would just say cheaper dinosaur toys. What (laughs) happened
1: to the dollar store? Scott, you were were like the king of dollar store toys. Oh, He's got a bucket of those. Just Mm -hmm. those aren't the ones he wants to throw into
0: the grass. John. (laughs) (laughs) They're not realistic enough. Okay. (laughs) They don't look legit inside Uh, of the grass.
2: I'm just going to write it off as a a life lesson learned
0: was I, I wanted the follow up, or did you did you have a conversation of just being like, well, this is the game, and you know, like sometimes if you want exactly if you want the thrill of having to find the dinosaur, you have to like the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Yeah,
2: no, and, my my main point was like maybe some other kid will find it, and maybe that will make his day, and you can take joy in this other kid's joy. of uh, finding a random that's
0: lesson. Meanwhile, I was like, the lawnmower's gonna go over that guy, and he's gonna just... i've seen toys that that happened to you it's not pretty <laughs> it's not my dad would get very angry.
2: I could see you lining up your brother's toys on the lawn.
0: <laughs> no my brother was six years older than me. that would have been like not worth the, <laughs> the the pain and suffering six years six year old age difference is not a not some not a surmountable amount. You're six. He's 12. Yeah, he can Mm -hmm. impose his will on you at any time. Um, Yeah,
2: don't throw your toys in the public park grass.
0: It was just, I thought, just the absolute best. I was like, I was telling Scott uh, when this occurred, I was like, it was uh, something I often heard my parents say, where like, one of them was like, what were you thinking? And then the other one was like, he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and I was like, that's one of those moments. Like, absolutely. Scott was like, you know, Archer's like grade A student, good at spelling, like can pull dinosaur facts out of thin air, all proper pronunciations, like bright kid. I threw dinosaurs in the grass and lost them. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) And and that's it. She just wasn't thinking. It's cute. It's kid stuff. But no, again, it, it was
2: the same game we had played the day before. When I was closely tracking their their flight patterns. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: <clears throat> so, Scott, the other thing I was thinking about is you felt that it was early for the Foo Fighters to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sort of. So I don't know. Counterpoint, <laughs> or not? Not. I would say it's right on time. Is kind of so. And my, my mark for that was the Rolling Stones went in in 1989 and the Rolling Stones first album came out in 1965. So basically 24 years, 25 years, 24 years. Mm -hmm. And for the Foo Fighters, the first album came out in 95. So, and now they're getting inducted now, 26 years. So I was like, I think that giant magnitude bands of that size and like influence and whatever like yeah 25 years is kind of when you go in if you have a career that big for 25 years you're just in the rock and roll hall of fame even though you're still kind of relevant because that's like 89 the rolling stones were still like they were not done by any stretch in
2: 89. counterpoint Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, i was in
2: siege when that first foo fighters album came out and going in in
0: 95. yeah Huh? It's so got old It's got old, <laughs> old.
2: Yeah, I was a DJ at the Selby campus I, I remember that CD coming into the
0: I was a DJ before that, everyone was a that DJ That disc
2: was fucking that's, awesome That was a great record And I was a big Nirvana fan So it was like a must listen to record yeah. And uh, thinking of them as the old guys Going into the Hall of Fame Makes me feel very old So that's, that's why I think it's a bad idea <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's that's potentially legit, but uh, I, would, yeah. I would like
2: Grandpa Rock and Rollers to go in. And and not Who's not left? Who's a
1: Grandpa Rock and Roller who is not in there?
2: Oh, not that I know that, the I first know. fucking
1: thing about about who's in
2: or not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I have no idea. They they'll they'll yeah. put anyone in. I can't think of anyone from like the Super Sounds of the 60s that isn't yeah, our I'm sure movie. any band death from Road the 60s would be in
0: death there, there for movie. sure.
2: Yeah. Like Iggy Pop in there for sure.
1: Like the animals that's are in there for sure. Man, the animals are fucking great. What's that guy's name? He's, his voice is awesome.
0: Hang on. They might not be. Oh, yeah, they were. But way later. And Wait. In, in, inducted into Rock Hall Revisited? What? This, that's not a real. Jethro Tull and the. <laughs> and they're like, Rock Roll Revisited is not the Hall of Fame. Uh. What is this? What is the Rock Hall Revisited? Explain this to me. What's the. Nope. You Jethro
1: something and then no. you don't know what it is? That's what's happening?
0: <laughs> Jethro Tull in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't think they are. They're in huh. this other Hall of Fame. That's nuts. Is They're Yeah, they're all on top of there. A Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snub list, like number three, is Jethro Tull not in Hall of Fame. Also, kind of.
1: Well, I mean, Thick as a Brick isn't really rocky, but. They are...
0: Neither is Carol King. I was like, neither is (laughs) Jay-Z.
2: Jay-Z at least has rock attitude. Like, the the idea of the rebel.
0: Carol. King. What about LL Cool J? I guess also, maybe a little bit. Yeah, Mama Said Knock You Out. Craftwork is not rock and roll. Nor do they have rock and roll attitude. They have nerd attitude.
1: How is craftwork in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They're
0: going in as early influence award. So I think that that's also where it gets kind of tricky, right? Where it's like, when... Electro elements and stuff started to like get put infused into rock. You don't get there without craftwork. So if you're trying hmm. to make like a real like history of rock, it, long long and the short of it is okay. you don't get Limbiskit without craftwork.
2: <laughs> God, I was going to say nine inch nails. You son of a bitch! <laughs> like it's hard to put nine inch nails in without craftwork being in.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's fair. That's not true. Nine inch nails toured a shitload with. Like guitars, drums,
0: they did sure, but they also drum. had a lot of sampling and synth stuff and whatever, yeah, pretty early it. on and like and also a lot of his production stuff always had like synth and samples and whatever. and again, if you don't like you don't really get to anywhere in electronic music without Kraftwerk. Mm-hmm. like it was so early, I guess <laughs> like, like uh, but yeah, going in also Tina Turner, which I think is nice because uh, only she,
2: one i a hundred percent agree with.
0: Yeah, on, like on
2: this year's list.
0: Especially, especially since like they're like people are like, but she's already in. But I'm like, yeah, but she's in with Ike and Tina, which is not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. a, a having had a stupendous career up to and including uh, We Don't Need Another Hero under just Tina Turner,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so she just gets in on Mad Max: credit Alone. Yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, like it's weird. I I would feel very strange if like the only way she was in the Hall of Fame was with her abusive husband. Like, you know, like that's that's very strange, especially having had like ten albums or whatever post Icona. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, she's the, the icon. G-
0: yeah, the Go Go's. Jay Z is a weird one, a- as discussed. I think
2: the Go Go's are, Go-Go's are a weirder one,
0: especially in the performer category, and not like an early influence thing or whatever else. Like you're like,
2: like Shebop, okay. Sure, but like, is that Hall of Fame worthy? That's like a Jose Theodore type career.
0: I guess
1: it's edgy and it pissed people off. The Go Go's, she bump.
0: Well, the Go Go's consider themselves to be the most successful all female rock band of all time. I guess that's something.
1: I mean, I they... consider myself to be a god emperor, but. That isn't anything.
0: Well, no, but I'm just I'm just, I'm I'm just saying, and that and that's like literally based on record sales, though. Like like that's not just them saying they're a god emperor. Apparently, like sure. for an all female group, rock group, right? Like obviously, like you know Spice Girls and stuff outsold them right, by like right, right, monstrous right. amounts. But group. like for for an all female rock group, apparently with rec- like they're the they're top sellers. And I was like, I have a hard time denying that. There's a lot, and then like a lot of like like all female groups or whatever were not actually all female. Like they had like the dude on drums or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like so
2: I think that's more a damnation of the industry than a credential that gets them into the Hall of Fame.
0: I mean that's the industry's problem, not the go-go's. They're going in. <laughs> uh, we talked about this also a little bit where I was like, there is a hip hop hall of fame and I feel that it doesn't go the other way around. <laughs> Like, I don't think Foo Fighters are getting in. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, uh, I don't know, that's fine. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's always, I think it's interesting. It's it's weird, right? Like, because what is rock and roll? Isn't it, just, is an rock and rock. Isn't it just an idea? Uh, did, did Scott
1: watch his, his best movie ever?
0: Movie 43?
1: No, I totally oh. got
2: busy on Sunday
0: boo consoling a child who lost the dinosaur
2: yeah
1: i really (laughs) want to hear about that movie man
2: it's it's on prime now
1: oh (laughs) like
2: oh (laughs) that's helpful (laughs) showing up it's on my list of watch next every time i turn on the tv
0: it's great i also like the fact that it is on one of your streaming services because it's just going to mess with your algorithm Real hard, yeah. like, because you liked movie 43, it's just going to be recommending you pure hot <laughs> trash all the time. Um, and, like, yeah. I did watch a hot trash movie last night,
2: too.
1: <laughs> Instead of the one you had to? What did you watch? Batman Forever.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: I actually don't think I've seen that since, like, 98 or
0: whatever when it came out.
1: That's a Clooney one, right? No, no. it's the, uh, the
2: the Jim Carrey Right. right,
0: That's it. But now, release the Schumacher cut is like a trend.
2: That's not the Schumacher cut.
0: It that is not that. I really thought that's why you watch Batman Forever is there's like literally something. There's someone who was like there was another cut that apparently like is basically done that like Joel toured around and the it wasn't the direction the studios wanted and like not not to say that like his was also kind of like zany and whatever, Mm -hmm. but like. It was uh, like an
1: Adam West meets Tim Burton, right? That's kind of yeah. how I remember that.
0: But yep. yeah, suppose, supposedly there was another cut. So tell us about Batman Forever while I find the details on the release the Schumacher cut. Because I really, really thought that's what you were heading with, why you watched it. Because that was a thing that was happening.
2: Well, no, I got really high. <laughs> and I was like, this is this is full of day glow and like, black light paint. And this is what I want to stare at for a little while. And the thing that really stood out to me that I've never extremely caught before is that it is by far the most homoerotic film in superhero genre that I've ever come across.
1: More like, than Top Gun? Yeah,
2: more than Top Gun, because Jim Carrey as Edward Nigma is hypersexual with both... Val Kilmer and Tommy Lee Jones, huh? There's there's like a a weird, strong undertone of of him being in love with Bruce Wayne, and trying to use sexuality to endear himself to Two Face. <laughs> that that one, if you know the back behind the scenes story of Tommy Lee Jones absolutely hating working with Jim Carrey, is. It's hysterical to watch. Like maybe
0: it's just Carrie leaning into it.
2: Like let's let's make Tommy feel real uncomfortable, being really trolly. Or or it was the opposite. Like I think this would be a weird direction to take. And we're all actors, so everyone's going to be good with this. And Tommy being like, "That's gross," (laughs) because he's a grumpy old man. But. It's it's remarkable how much he leans in and touches him and makes awkward eye contact and like lifts his leg to wrap it around him. Wow! Constantly, and I was like, "Oh, that's like a weird character thing," and like he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne, right? That's a, that's a thing that's obvious in the movie, but it's 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 bordering on a sexual obsession too. <laughs> yep, and then you throw in all this stuff like the the gratuitous rubber suit butt shots and groin shots and I was just like man they made they they made a homosexual batman movie and I never really noticed
1: hmm. is the ambiguously gay duo from SNL pre this film or pre, was yeah. it like a reaction to it definitely pre, definitely pre, pre. pre. Huh. Yeah I'm like, or from. were you
0: just high enough that you were just looking for homoeroticism <laughs> and everything? And this is, like, more about you. <laughs> Every time Scott gets really high, gets a like, little gay. Is, yeah, exactly. This is the gayest movie ever made. Uh, so, yeah, so check this out. So, Variety has confirmed with a source close to the movie that Schumacher did assemble a longer cut of Batman Forever, uh, clocking over three hours long, a 170-minute cut. Whoa. Uh, just... Take that, Zack Snyder. This is, Schumacher was like 30 years ahead of the game on you on this one. Uh, so, yeah. So apparently, like, notable differences is the the version opens with a sequence involving Two-Face escaping from Arkham Asylum, uh, features extended scenes with the Riddler uh, where he invades the Batcave and uses his signature weapon as a cane. However, the bulk of the additional runtime is focusing on the emotional and psychological issues that led Bruce Wayne to decide to become Batman including a sequence of Wayne facing down a giant human-sized bat.
2: <laughs> ah. Release
0: the Schumacher cut. Do it, WB. <laughs> Send I, would them death be, threats.
2: I would be down with it only for more Jim Carrey, because, man, does he put his heart and soul <laughs> into that role. Like, he is getting direction from Schumacher that's saying bigger, louder, wackier, maybe gayer.
0: And and he's like, you don't even know where he's like. My knob stops, buddy. Yeah. Like you think it stops at eleven? It doesn't. <laughs> like yeah. I'm I'm 1990s Jim Carrey. Just every time you say bigger, I can go there. Yeah, and he does, and it's
2: I don't know. Yeah, again, I was really kind of high, but it was amazing. I Totally got behind his his uh, whole and total commitment to it without. Um, divorcing himself from the reality of the rest of the movie.
1: Was he like a diamond in the rough, or was there something else to enjoy in the film? I remember it being pretty horrible.
2: Yeah, he's probably the best thing about that movie. Hmm. Just, just his, his, he's the one that made it the Adam West Batman movie. And this is like right in prime comedy, Jim Carrey. Right, it's yeah, it's right between. The Mask and Cable Guy, I think. So, like, this is like the the tip top Hollywood superstar Jim Carrey, hmm. and and knowing that Tommy Lee Jones hates him in real life, and that they're forced together in scene after scene after scene, delightfully entertaining. Val Kilmer, he's fine. Nicole Kidman, she's kind of gross. Really? Yeah, yeah. She does kind of a lot of predatory sex stuff. Hmm. No. Like, she takes Bruce Wayne on as a patient, and then goes on a date with him, and then eventually ends up wanting to start a romantic relationship with him after acknowledging several times he's got repressed memories and lots of post-traumatic stress disorder stuff to deal with. And she's just like, yeah, I'll take my clothes off. It's like, Ugh. that's <laughs> that's not right. <laughs>
0: So the soundtrack, though, sold apparently almost as many copies as the Prince 1989 Batman soundtrack. And the soundtrack, pretty nuts in terms of... Offspring? Mm. Yeah, so apparently... Well, so there's more songs on the official soundtrack than are featured in the film. So yeah, track one is Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2. That's
2: a good song. One
0: Time Too Many by PJ Harvey. Where Are You Now by Brandy. Kiss From a Rose by Seal.
1: Great song. That, that was okay. huge. Yeah.
0: yeah. The Hunter gets captured by The Game by Massive Attack. Right. Uh, Nobody Lives Without Love by Eddie Reader. I don't know who that is. Tell Me Now, Mazzy Star. Smash It Up by The Offspring. There's a Light by Nick Cave. The Riddler by Method Man. Nice. Method Man just has a song about the Riddler, <laughs> which is the best. But And then also, I remember that track very explicitly as a nerdy kid in 1995, not knowing a ton about the Method Man, but being very confused why he uh, said Johnny Blaze in a song about the Riddler when I was like, that's Marvel, and the song is DC. <laughs> as, as I became older than 12, I realized that one of Method Man's many rapping known to plumes is Johnny Blaze. <laughs> but yeah, he just refers to himself as Johnny Blaze in a song about the Riddler. 12-year-old Keith was like, those are different universes, man. What are you talking about, Method Man? <laughs> um, Passenger uh, by Michael Hutchins. For some reason, they put on a cover instead of the Iggy Pop original. Crossing the River by the Devlins, 8 by Sunny Day Real Estate, and Bad Days by Flaming Lips. Like, it's a... That's a pretty killer soundtrack. The,
2: yeah. the Flaming Lips song is the, uh, the Riddler's uh, figuring out he's the Riddler song.
0: Yeah, like the like, rain's all falling and all that stuff. Yeah. Like... No, no, he's like
2: in his mad scientist lab. Ah. And like it plays like a weird broken carnival kind of song. Yeah.
0: It's good. I I, I I can't remember other than the tone of that scene and the tone of the song. But yes, I know like I'm, I have a, a visual sonographic memory of what you're saying.
2: No, you know what the flaming lips sound like. That's what they sound like. Yeah.
0: There's a light, I think, is also in. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I already said that one. Nick Cave. Yeah, good soundtrack. I remember list like that was one of the one of those soundtracks that I owned and listened to a bunch. Just pre- being pretty young, I remember being like, "That was," I was so hyped for this movie. Like, and as a kid, I remember it being really, really cool.
2: That's <laughs> it was marketed directly to us.
0: Oh yeah, there was like it was Marvel, like it was McDonald's toys, and it was like the Jim cool Carrey post Ace Ventura. <laughs> like where yeah. which was the funniest thing that ever happened to it
2: wasn't mcdonald's toys because mcdonald's backed out because the tim burton second movie they were like we got mcdonald's toys and the penguin and and catwoman look how cool it is and then the movie came out and they were just like what have you done to
0: us was burger king
2: it was Burger King who got. Forever. Oh
0: man, that's an especially uh, big measurement of how much movie this impacted me on, because like, we did not go to Burger King, but I got those toys. So like that was a Keith making the family go to Burger King.
2: <laughs> I, I got the collector glasses. They were actually made of glass and had like 3D sculpts of all of the, the characters on them. But can you imagine being McDonald's and being like, we got the new Batman toys, everyone's excited, and then watching Danny DeVito eat a raw fish on the <laughs> movie and just being like, oh no.
0: It's Why gross. did we pay for this? <laughs> oh man, that that's can you imagine like between 10 and 20,000 like to be to be unsure to be unsure to the degree of (laughs) 10,000
2: man there's some weird sexual energy in that movie too but the, the thing about batman is it's not all over the place it's it's the weird direction of yeah, it's the Riddler and that weird, like, direction stuff of, of the Batsuit. But that's not, like, a character-driven. That's just, like, a, you know, a, a
0: getting-dressed montage. That's, I that's mean, no one's fault. Like, it's never really explored, but, like, if they were, like, Edward Nygma was gay, it's not a huge stretch. Like, in terms of a lot oh, of the portrayals oh. of the... Yeah, exactly. Like, a lot of portrayals of the Riddler have had him kind of, like, more effeminate and also, like, at the very least, like, asexual-ish. You know, like, just, like, being more into his head about things and whatever else. So, it's, like, it's not a... I don't think it's not, like, they forced the character into a pair of shoes that, like, came out of nowhere. Like, and, I'm and thinking for, of, like, oh, like every portrayal of the Riddler is, like, certainly not a, like, masculine character, right? Like...
2: Yeah, he's not ultra macho. Yeah. and And very... I guess progressive like that's not portrayed as a character flaw.
0: Mhm. Like like no one, no one calls him out for it in the film or whatever. Like or
2: or like belittles him or makes him feel bad about it. That he's got other awful stuff going on, but it's not you know, his, his sexuality that's, that's makes him villainous. No, I want you guys to watch it and then we can <laughs> It was not it was either Netflix or Prime. It was not unwatchable. It was fine.
0: I started watching, but then didn't finish because we got sleepy. But it was like, it was holding up until the point we watched it. And like, the reason it got shut off was sleepiness. The mask, you guys. Like, I was, I I was like shocked at how good it was holding up. I was like, everything about this is pretty amazing. (laughs) Like, Like, it was... Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Nothing is weird and gross out like like the Ace Ventura stuff. The, the 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 special effects were great. Like as the mask stuff, it looks like it totally holds up in that like like little chunky where like around the edges or whatever. But I'm just saying. But like it holds up in still kind of that way. Where I guess they were just doing like weird like screen. Uh, um, what do you call it? like screen tricks and whatever else? Like what they did in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where you're like, yeah, the animation's cool, and then it's on top of the screen, so. It looks fine. <laughs> you know, like, it was more that than anything really CG. Uh, and, yeah, and just funny and generally, it was kind of weird because Jim Carrey, when he's Stanley Ipkiss, is playing mostly just, like, not Jim Carrey. So, you actually get to see him, like, I guess, like, early almost acting chops. <laughs> Jim Carrey as Stanley Ipkiss because he's not over the top. But then he obviously, like, gets to go to 100 as The Mask. And uh, yeah, exactly. We we set it off. Uh, yeah, I think we just post first transformation was where we uh, where we stopped watching it. So I was like, want to go back? No, no, no. stopped because we were sleepy. We were like, okay. I, we were like, we put it on to kind of like oh, whatever, just like whatever. And we were like, this is pretty good. Let's like stop it and come back to it when we're like awake instead of just kind of like dozing off in front of the TV. So yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, and Sarah it's... was like.
2: Ace Ventura is unwatchable now because of the the very unacceptable butt of the jokes.
0: There's a lot of transphobia going on yeah. in that movie.
2: Yeah, you can't you can't watch it again.
0: Yep. As funny as it is, watching him go slow motion with the football. <laughs> yeah. Has he has anyone like made like an open apology on that? Yeah, I wonder if you just went like like Eddie Murphy being like it was funny then it's like I wouldn't do those jokes now but it was funny then and I'm not apologizing (laughs) you you were uncomfortable (laughs) and that's that but yeah Eddie Murphy's never, but just literally just doubled down on it. It was funny then. And that was, and I'm and, and like, just like, I wouldn't make those jokes now, but it was funny then. The end. I was like, you seem to have learned your lesson, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you yeah, know, I can watch Batman Forever. I'd be down. Because yeah, like that was, there were a couple of things like, and that was one of them where, and the other time was, I believe, when were the, when was the Atlanta Olympics? 96. 96. So, the year after this movie. Oh, was it the same year? No, yeah. Batman Forever was 95. So, yeah. Those are two back-to-back years, I guess. So, 13-year-old and I suppose 14-year-old Keith. No, I was born in 83. 12 and 13-year-old Keith. Like, those items became, like, central figures in, like, my, like, obsession of the summer. Like I was like, I'm just into Batman Forever this summer. Like, give me all the stuff. Can't wait to it. Get me the music. Listen to it. Whatever. That was Batman Forever that summer. Like I rem I remember literally like sitting upstairs at the cabin up north, just like doing nothing but like reading Batman comics and listening to the Batman Forever music like soundtrack on repeat and just being like, This is the best. And then and and really enjoying the movie when it finally came out. Like the I was fully hyped for it. I loved when the music video came on because it showed like clips of the movie like that wasn't out. And I was like, it's going to be the greatest. And like in my mind, when I saw it, it was the greatest. And then the next summer was I got super hyped about the Olympics and just watched a lot of the Summer Olympics. But in a similar way, I was like researching stats and stuff. I was like, I guess you just need something to be into in the summertime, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just... So, Keith, I want to make a correction before all the tweets come rolling at us. Oh.
0: Uh,
2: the promotional materials were, in fact, McDonald's, Ah. And, and they were mandated that the movie not
0: be gross. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: was, that was a straight thing.
1: They're like, Maybe was that was really how they took out man. the
0: man-bat. Because <laughs> the man-bat scene was insane. McDonald's no, no. was like, no man-bat, get it out of here. <laughs> we have so many things to give away, you may not do this. Man, the, that reminds me of, I found this commercial on the internet just to, to tie up this whole episode in 90s about, because, so we had just uh, McDonald's given, dealing with the Batman 2 paraphernalia. We had Rambo cartoon, which was completely ill-advised. But if you can look them up, look up the toys that were sold for the original Alien movie.
2: Oh, I've seen those.
0: <laughs> yep. It's so weird. But like they don't they clearly don't know what the movie is and they were just sort of like a predator from space and kids are like, "E!" And then like someone's just like running down the hall holding the alien chasing a kid. I was like, this movie's not this movie's not for any of these children. <laughs> like alien is like a hard horror film. Like there's not even like aliens maybe you could be like a 12 or 13-year-old would have absolute nightmares, but it's like, it's still kind of more like popcorn, whatever. I'm like, alien is just pure horror. Do not watch that with a child. Like I think watching aliens with a child is ill-advised, but you could kind of maybe see how you get there. <laughs> but like yeah. alien, alien one. And it's just like these, it's like a, an 18 inch tall alien toy that these kids are just running around with playing. And like, car, like toy voiceover guy is just being like, look out an alien. <laughs> like, and kids are just like, ee! and
2: and they were made by Kenner the year after the star Wars boom. So yeah, exactly. Thought,
0: oh, like, it's 100% that it's 100%. Oh, there's a sci-fi movie and Kenner and star Wars printed us money. We'll just do that again without ever watching the film.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and so, yeah. having
2: seen the toys that made us, that's how they thought. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were just like, whatever, we don't know what we're making. We're just going to make them and hope it works.
0: Well yeah, well, yeah, especially like everybody at Kenner was just sort of like Star Wars is kind of stupid <laughs> and then they were like, oh my God, we're so rich now. <laughs> like nobody, like that was a, nobody picked, like, what was it? Like every other toy company had like hard passed, even though like Lucas, Lucas saw the money in toys and was pitching like entire lines of drawings of like toy lines and stuff to the toy companies being like, just make them please. I made all these cool spaceships and stuff, make them toys. Trust me. And every toy company was like, no, you're an idiot. And Kenner was like, whatever. And then it exploded and they couldn't produce them fast enough. That was the, they were selling uh, cardboard. (laughs) Well, yeah, they sold empty boxes with the promise of toys. Like you could, you could buy the collector's case for the toys so that they would have something to sell at Christmas. Knowing full well that they didn't have like, like, and it wasn't like that they were lying to the kids. They were like, or like, lying to the parents. They were saying like, the toys aren't ready, but if you buy this case, you're going to get all eight of them in the mail or whatever the hell. Like, so it was like you were buying the future so that you could put something under the tree, an empty box, <laughs> which was a display case for the future of Star Wars toys. Cause that was like how hot the demand was for these freaking toys. Mm-hmm. Friggin' nuts. I think that was the 9 to 5 entertainment system. I guess tune in for Garbage Time where we talk about the 100 best TV shows, maybe? I think that, make, I think that makes sense. We should do that. Yeah. Tune in to Garbage Time where John forgot to prep on the topic. So it's garbage.